you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd overdrive. I will always survive. Hey everybody, welcome to the Fanboy Planet Podcast. This is Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and producing this from the undisclosed location we call the Brett Cave. I'm Rick Brett Snyder. And here we go. We are recording this in the early days of July, right after attending Baycon uh, at the Santa Clara Marriott. And once again, if you listen to the previous podcast episode, uh, uh, thanks to Rick for telling me I, which hotel I should be going to. <laughs> it was, it was a nice hotel though. Oh, it's a very nice hotel. And as they said, they will be back there next year and it's a great convention. We had talked about potentially doing a podcast episode from there. It did not work out, but I think that's also part of the, uh, thing about, being a con, right? That you should go and just attend the panels. And if you are local to Baycon or not necessarily local, because I met fans uh, of science fiction and fantasy from all over the place. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, on Saturday, I believe, I ran into a, a young man who had driven down from Alaska because it was and the very first convention he'd ever attended uh, because he knew that it had a reputation of being LGBTQ friendly and that's where they wanted to be. And I just think that's really cool. So and, and guests from all over the world. I mean, Oh, absolutely. Austin and, 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 and then we had the very special South guest America. on Saturday night of, of Robert Picardo and the guest of honor, the artist guest of honor to Hani Farr was from Mexico yeah. and beautiful artwork. It's just a, a couple of things that I wished I'd had, Felt like I could be safe packing them to take home, and uh, so it was a great, a great event, Baycon, and so we want to thank uh, thank them there for uh, for having us both as guests. And so again, this is early July when we're recording. That doesn't necessarily mean uh, with life getting in the way that that's when this is being released. I'm just trying to contextualize when we're talking about it in case more news has come out because, of course, in two weeks. It's Comic-Con again, and <laughs> there must be a song for that. Uh, it's Comic-Con <laughs> again, <clears throat> and that's going to be super busy and doing my best to have, have coverage there. And, and then I will be gone for pretty much all of August. So this is kind of the summer edition of, of, Comic <laughs> of Comic-Con, of Fanboy Planet Podcast. But... Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about books and trying to focus that way on comics and trying to make sure that everybody is getting the most for their money uh, or, or at least thinking about are you getting the most for your money. 
But let us go through, go forward with some of the more uh, legalized things, or they're not legal, whatever. Contact us if you want to join in the conversation. In September, when uh, the podcast would uh, return, you can, of course, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. I think that's the most stable way to contact right now. I mean, Facebook seems to be legit, so there's uh, Fanboy Planet. You can find, find the page there. Uh, we are on Twitter for whatever that's worth, as of this writing, it still exists. And Instagram, uh, you know, at Fanboy Planet, and we are now on Threads. Um, but by the time this gets posted, and maybe you hear this in late <laughs> August, I don't know if there, I mean, I'm I'm being a little bit facetious about it, but the reality is. I think in this week alone, there I've been seeing like three or four different alternatives to Twitter, and I don't know which one's going to take take precedence. But luckily, nobody went to Threads and took Fanboy Planet before I did, and that was the easiest one to jump over to since it was based on your Instagram list. But uh, so find us it'll be fanboy planet no matter where it is if we're there so and of course as we are going to be talking about some some books uh, some comics and maybe in a more general state i don't know if we'll talk too much about specific titles but in general we are an amazon affiliate and so books that we do talk about uh, you can purchase through links on each and every page of fanboy planet sometimes there are direct links especially on a podcast page like this if we mention something i try to make sure there's a direct link to it from that page as an amazon affiliate that means that you may generate a little bit of revenue back for us to cover the cost of hosting and and so forth so i uh, grateful all the way around and uh, i thinking uh, since it's got at this point comic-con coming up i'll probably save a little money up and be spending a lot of money from dealers directly there in san diego so these are the thoughts all right so uh you and i have been bandying this about for some time uh, regardless of whether it be on a podcast or in talking before a podcast but you've messaged me a couple of times that marvel comics on digital and I will also talk about, uh, you know, DC in terms of, I don't know, do we call them streaming library services? They're library services. When they it's the they unlimited. They typically don't stream. They download and you, you read them. Right. Unless so, you're, well, it gets complicated, but pretty much when you're talking about devices like your, your iPad or, or Kindle or whatever, that's, that's download and read on the read All on right. The I mean, I'm call, although... They call it streaming. I mean, because because Marvel's uh, Marvel Unlimited does say you can download the separately. The difference is that when you're streaming, you don't necessarily have the full um, the full media object at any given time. You have well, then you clearly you have not had. Any have you not had a uh, problem switching a page where it just loads and loads and loads? Well, then that's so. If you're reading in the browser, that's where I was going to say it's it's kind of like it's different. Because, I'm saying I'm reading in the app, but that's beside okay. the point. Whatever they are, they are subscription services so that you can have access to thousands and thousands of comics. However, previously, Marvel Comics did have a separate app, correct? Yes. In which you could purchase allegedly through Comixology, but that was just facilitating you had a separate app so you knew you were going to a Marvel store, essentially, and buying, or in the case of with the codes, right? You'd buy the hard copies and you'd have a, a 
there'd be a digital code inside each issue that you would then have the digital. And on many a podcast you've talked about in the days that we used to fly all the time, where you did at least, that you would have your device stacked with about 15 or 20 digital copies of the books you would just bought so you could read them on the plane. So now, and I'm thinking it's been about six, seven months since Comixology, which was really Amazon here, right after saying, hey, go to Amazon, uh, that Amazon laid off their support staff for Comixology. And Comixology's kind of been rolled into Kindle. And at the same time, Marvel decided to then pull digital sales from uh, from Amazon because Marvel, whether no matter who's owned it, they've historically had this thing where eventually they figure we can do it better on our own. Well, Comic better book distribution, better. Let's or talk cheaper. about Heroes World. Uh, you know, that doesn't exist anymore. And who are they with now? Penguin Random House, I think, does the hard copy distribution. But they pulled it in-house. They think they all, And they have done that with Marvel Comics digitally, if you're talking digital sales. But you're telling me that you have had a Dickens of a time, a Mephisto of a time, uh, transferring all those books that you had rightfully purchased and we've talked right. many times about digital makes me nervous because really you you only think you own stuff yeah well the marvel had an app and it was just called marvel in the ipad for example is where i read all my comics um and you could download and i did download a, a lot of comics i had hundreds hundreds of comics downloaded on my ipad the announcement went out that they were no longer going to support that app and instead everything should be read through the Marvel Unlimited app which they don't use the uh, they don't use the Comixology code the the original Marvel app was written using the Comixology reader as a basis and they had an arrangement with, with uh Comixology and you could read apps on you could read comics on either one they all just showed up there um I just had. I just just now. I went back to the the app, the Marvel app, where I had literally hundreds and hundreds of comics in both red and un- unread states, and I opened it just now. And it's. I knew this was going to happen, but it's still chilling to see that it says cannot connect to the comic store. And I go to my books downloaded, and it says you have no comics downloaded. So. And I never even got a notification that they were deleting all those books from that reader. I got notification that they were going to stop supporting it. But even after the deadline where they stopped supporting it and you couldn't load any more on, the books were still there. But now, semi-remotely, they have just wiped those off my device. And I, I will never be able to get them into this, this app again which is what they want because they don't want me using this app, but it's just, it's just super creepy when I look at, I mean, I've had this happen with other services and we've, I've, I've written about that before. Um, this is just ultra creepy. And it's also, it's also a slap in the face because the Marvel unlimited app is not, it has been out for years, but it is not a mature application. When you have, when you have literally hundreds of, 
of media titles. And if you have, if you've bought comics for a couple of years, you probably have hundreds of, of media of digital titles. If you've turned in the codes that have been in Marvel comics for years now, the management of that, that, that library is not well done in the Marvel Unlimited app. And I'll tell you exactly why. There are, there are no ways to set up a complex filter on your library. What I mean by that is I can't say I want to see entire runs of, of X-Men, but only the ones I haven't read. And I want them in groups of that. I wanted them in subgroups by title. So I can't do that. I basically have to look for the next issue when I'm going to read the next issue. It just doesn't come up in a list. I can't manage it that way. Um, and it's really, uh, really a bother. It also makes it hard for me to manage, you know, I buy the paper issues and when I put them on my device, I, I put them in a separate stack so that should I lose the device, I still have the books that I'm currently reading in that stack and it wouldn't be too hard. It would take about a day. <laughs> it wouldn't be too hard to figure out which ones I haven't read yet. Whereas in the old Marvel app, it was super easy. I could just see only show me the ones that I haven't read. So that's pretty horrific. It's been, it's been a bad transition and Marvel has been ultra arrogant and there is no way to contact anyone outside of, of sending a very specific support request. If you're having trouble, um, you're having trouble with getting a code to uh, redeem or not. So, and I, I think, and this is, this is really a, a, just a suspicion uh, that, Something's been going on with all of the different Disney-owned apps yeah. at the same time. Sometime around the point when HBO Max became just Max, it was like every service uh, adjusted poorly yeah. at the yeah. same time. <laughs> and so everything like kind of signed out on every device I had, and that included Disney. And then for one one whole day, uh, I could not get into the Marvel Unlimited app. And then when I tweeted out, hey, customer service, blah, 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 they said, oh, please, let us help you. And then immediately, it was suddenly mysteriously able to sign back in. Yeah. And oh, so They probably so, had one of the main servers went down. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, but again, I'm not going to go so far as to say horrific but it's scary but it, it well and this is the thing all along i had been resistant to go digital i am doing better i was resistant to buy omnibuses too and 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 then you know that worked out okay because at least it's still a hard copy and i i'm if you're not figuring it out by now, people, this is going to be a lot, you know, this may be an episode in which a, there is a, a leitmotif of, uh, of, of make sure you have physical media because you just don't, you just don't know. Now, t- what I noticed on Marvel Unlimited is to your point, there were books that I had read and I was, and if I went back like two or three years later, there's no record of my having read them. Yeah. And so I can't keep track aside from, 
I think it points to a larger issue in comics of uh, not just Marvel. DC is at least guilty of this as well, is you have so many runs of books with the same title. They just, you know, it's now become volume 24 or volume 25. Uh, You know, the... But the the Perhaps. Marvel app was pretty good about that because it would tell you the the dates of the run in no, the in the surfaces is, area. And and Marvel Marvel Unlimited will still do that, but it's still hard to know. You know, neither company there, uh, Marvel or DC, has done a great job of. You can can you know it will automatically like if you're in the middle of a crossover, right? Take you to the next one. I frustratedly have to. Sometimes just have the Marvel Wiki open and say, yes, what, what event yes. was this? Where do I need to jump right now? Great. And that, other- that, that data should be in the application itself. It's, you don't, the idea that you need another data service to figure out what you can, what you can or should read next is absurd. Right. It should be a meta tag something. There's uh, one, other, one other point that, that we're kind of skirting over, and that is the, unlimited, the Marvel Unlimited application was specifically made to let you read comics that you did not own. You had a license to go in and read stuff, but there was no sense of ownership. And now they switch the stuff that you own into that app and is not engineered with that in mind. Right. And they're not keeping it, if I'm understanding you correctly, they're not keeping it as a separate uh, wing of the library, if you will. Oh, yeah. It's awful because if you're looking for a book that that you bought, they will offer up many books that are related titles in the unlimited area. And then, but if you don't have an unlimited subscription, you can't read those. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I did just double check for myself because I never used the Marvel app. You know, I think I downloaded it, but I never bought uh-huh. through that. I always bought through Comixology. The Marvel comics that I bought through the Comixology app still are available on, on Comixology to read and Kindle. Uh, because they've merged those two. I'm not saying that's a perfect thing and it doesn't solve your issue. Yeah. I'm saying because because I never went through Marvel for it, I so far don't have that trouble. But that doesn't mean I won't. You know, at some point I don't trust it. And I think when I say I that I bought it was like there was one month when during the pandemic for perhaps obvious reasons, in one June, Marvel just, you know, you could read almost, you could download almost all the Black Panther classic runs for free. Yeah. And they were giving them away. Or at such a huge discount, it I had to try, you know, so I could get that jungle action that Doug Mensch wrote mm-hmm. uh, way back when, all that. And so those still seem to be there, and every other indie that I have purchased because sometimes I do, you know, if I, if I know that there are books that, well, you know, a comic book shop cannot stock everything. And I discovered that one of my favorite writers, uh, Mark Russell had a series out from, uh, a blaze. And by the time I found out about it, it was three issues in, and there was no way I could, I, you know, the, 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 all the stores that I normally check were sold out if they ever had it at all. So I bought it digitally. Great. I just wanted to read the story. The thing with the, with the, with the library, we've just talked about that point of view. They're also, I mean, all of this was positioned to 
in terms of, you know, store owners are concerned, not only are you by the Rick Brettschneider and many others like you suddenly getting screwed over. I can say that, right? We, you know, that's not a, a, a censored term on this podcast. No. You know, you're getting screwed over. And I'm not saying you're not, you know, this, this was the threat that, that, uh, the store owners warned us about. And, but also, you know, because they, these things have been positioned to be a threat to owning digital, you know, uh, hard copies of, th of things. DC's flip side was DC infinite, which of course started out also having television series and <laughs> which was taken away in, in one of the many, uh, throw it up in the air and see what lands. Uh, I, I think Warner brothers as a, as a company is, uh, is basically like a game of perfection. Uh, you're just waiting for the timer to run out and all the pieces pop out. And, uh, then you see if you can put it all back okay. together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it's the best metaphor I could come up with it okay. because, because <laughs> that's what it feels like, right? You know, all those DC infinite stuff, all that stuff went over to uh, HBO max, which became max. And then some of that's now gone. Who knows? Uh, see, it's a shame. You should have gone to Baycom. We did, we talked about that a little bit uh, with the Picard panel about Star Trek uh, Prodigy. So DC promised, and Marvel both, they promised that, look, if we're going to be digital, we uh, these libraries are, were supposed to be six months behind. So if you were a hardcore collector, you really had to know what was going on in that story now, you'd go to the store. You'd still buy the, the hard copy. Then websites... Not Fanboy Planet, but one we'll just call Bleeding Cool, to be honest. What, because they were in England, were publishing spoilers the day of, so people like freaked out. Uh, DC and Marvel both then took it down to three months, but I was still, you know, most of the time you can avoid those head, those headlines and, and not click, and, and at least Bleeding Cool's been pretty good about saying spoilers within, not actually spoiling in the headline. Though I read one about Indiana Jones' Dial of Destiny on, I think, Washington Post or CNN that was like they spoiled it in the headline and then said spoilers don't, ahead. Don't tell me I'm finally seeing it No, tomorrow. no, I'm not going to spoil it. It was just like it was such bad journalism. But anyway, uh. DC uh, then, I don't know, uh, maybe three months ago, I mean, a little more than three months ago, uh, offered a higher level at DC Infinite called DC Infinite Ultra. So Marvel's only going to eventually going to have, you know, Marvel Unlimited Platinum Super Tiger Dragon version and Go Ultra with Ultra. Yeah, that's odd. Marvel's the one that actually, you know, does licensed Ultraman comics. So, uh no, it's uh, I was uh my uh, academia my, uh, yes, yeah, yes. My... It, but uh, but the ultra level was some books were being dropped day and date digitally or you wouldn't have to wait more than a week for them to show up and this week as we record this this week was when the uh night terrors that's k-n-i-g-h-t event happens in dc comics it launched and they dropped the first two parts on infinite ultra day of and though, as I think you pointed out, Rick, I believe like there were 30 titles that came out this week that were part of, of Night Terrors. Not and, quite. <laughs> not quite, but it felt like it's six. It's six different. Uh, it was Batman. That was dropped on Ultra. Uh, the Joker, Poison Ivy. Uh, it was all villains. Um, Black Adam. I, I can't remember who. 
Yeah, I Ravager, know. I, Ravager. I know I picked them all up out of protest. I, it, it, we just, <laughs> yeah, I know it totally, but out of support for, for car D'Angelo and the people at earth too, you know, car has been a friend for a long time. And we were, I was so, I gotta say it, you know, I was, I was so lucky last night that when I made it to the comic shop close to seven o'clock, he was still there and we chatted and apparently I didn't realize until after, uh, somebody in DC marketing was like hanging out near us listening as we could and he was like whisper yeah anyway uh because we weren't kvetching too much but but just like what is this do they want the stores to exist i mean already dc had said like come down on tuesday nights and because that's when dc books are out on the stands tuesdays and everybody else is wednesday and then i think image is going to go to tuesday now too because they went to the same distributor as dc so it's just come on higgledy piggledy how many times can you go to the shop in a week or the same one you know i like to go to different comic shops uh but i have one that i go to every week for my pull box so anyway that uh they dropped uh, they dropped these i bought all of them and i'm gonna say at this point this is just week one it's not a bad summer crossover, but in general, I didn't need a summer crossover. But at least they're suspending the other the the regular titles of these characters during this time. Uh, I kind of like the idea, though. I'm really tired about of hearing there was a supervillain hidden uh, all along that we never knew about, who's did something a long time ago, and now trying to come collect it. Yeah, but again, as crossovers go, not that bad, but that's not the point. The point is that DC, I guess, claims they were trying to just goose interest in the crossover by dropping it on the app. And, you know, but again, by the time you got to uh, the shop, if you realized, ooh, maybe I do want to uh, right. read this, it's kind of like that Void Rivals, which is sitting next to me as well still, like I'm just glaring at it balefully, that it, it, it's almost like, you know, they, they under-ordered these events because they didn't know. They sometimes weren't told. They, they weren't told. Sometimes they didn't get the cover uh, images ahead of time. Like, apparently which wouldn't have helped. No, well, apparently the Joker one sold really well uh. because, uh, you know, uh, night terrors is every hero kind of uh, hero and villain. Everyone lives out, uh, their worst nightmares. Mm. Everybody falls asleep. So gee, yeah. I mean, on the heels of, we just had this Lazarus planet, like what, two months ago, or is it just the time has uh, ca- accordioned on me? And I don't know. I, I think the, the, uh, the horror of it all just li- lingers on. <laughs> it's not straight. I'm sorry. I'm choking. I'm so verklempt, but anyway, the Joker is, uh, the cover is him at an office job. And it's like, so that's the Joker's worst nightmare. Right. It's a funny cover. It's, you know, I I get it. Uh, other than the Disney variant covers for Marvel, I'm not a big variant cover. I don't buy things for covers. But I could see where, like, if you're a hardcore Joker fan, that's a funny image. Um, yeah. You know, so, okay. Anyway, it sold out. <laughs> so by the time I got there on Wednesday night, Earth 2, I picked up the last copies they had of almost all of them because of course they'd they'd underordered and said already oversold so uh you know already sold out so you know it becomes second printings or it goes in the trade it's not driving happy customers to shops and that's where my issue is right you know so uh once again i you know flip side 
is I'm, I'm I'm not sure exactly what to say in terms of yeah these companies aren't doing a great job publishers aren't doing a great job of even telling through Diamond you know what's ahead of time you know that that you have you know that's the issue number there might be uh, a summary of what the issue is going to be but for the people that are driven by art they're not necessarily going to know things change all that so. You know, we're at this point. I've got, you know, one other thing here. I realize in all the we were debating for, I don't know, it seems like five days about uh, this Planet of the Apes omnibus. And I use the term omnibus really loosely because by no stretch of the imagination, like all the omnibuses that you, Rick Breschneider, tempted me into buying, uh, this is one I can easily hoist up and and read without having to rest in my lap or on a table. <laughs> oh, so it's a feature. It's a feature. Uh, it, it's Planet of the Apes, which I did not have any of those original comics in the 70s, and Marvel just released that, uh, which reprints the 11 issues of the Marvel comic series Adventures on the Planet of the Apes, which was in 1975. And they charged 100 bucks for what they called a, a, an omnibus. Now, I also pulled up for comparison a thicker book uh, on just as good slick a paper, the Gerard Way Doom Patrol uh, what would essentially be an omnibus, but at least uh, DC had had a sense of shame, perhaps I don't know that uh, pride that they refused to call that an omnibus. They called it a deluxe edition, and they still charged half as much yeah. for 17 issues uh, reprinted. So 11 issues of Adventures on the Planet of the Apes, which you could definitely get for less than $100 if you bought them individually, which I have recently been rediscovering the fun of doing that, of having little runs of things. And, and uh, a lot of good retailers have started doing that too, taking their back issues and bagging together a run and you sell it for a, you know, they might not be in mint condition, but you get the read and that isn't that why we're doing it. But a hundred bucks did seem a lot. So, you know, the question I, I go to also yesterday was the Tim sale, Jeff Loeb, uh, Spider-Man not called blue, uh, just they just called it Spider-Man. It was originally Spider-Man Blue, but the, so it's a deluxe artist edition of that to really give you time to, you know, the space to kind of gaze at Tim Sale's incredible work, at, who he passed away last year. So uh, that was fifty. But on the other hand, it's that is one hundred percent because it's an art book. You understand it's an art book, and no offense to George Tuska. Uh, who was the penciler on most of the Planet of the Apes books? I, I don't think people are doing like record, you know, archive editions of George Tuska art. He was a very good workmanlike journeyman, I guess is the right word for it. You know, journeyman yeah. artist for Marvel. Uh, quietly, I think he was one of the few uh, that w settled his heirs settled out of court with Marvel recently for his contributions in the sixties. Like most of the artists other than Steve Ditko's estate got some kind of nice settlement and most of them have passed away, but, uh, but they, uh, like the Bashima, uh, I think, uh, I think George Tusk, I think Don Heck, cause he'd worked on Iron Man, you know, their, the, his, their families got a nice payout because of all the success of the Marvel movies. So, um, it was it was done very quietly. Anyway, you know. So the question I, I I get to one of the reasons that the digital library seemed like a great idea was, you know, 
how much is too much? You could say you had hundreds, if not thousands, of digital comics, which are a lot easier to move if they're yeah. on a hard drive or or on a on an iPad. Uh, you know, if you move, that's not a that that's not the um, 30, 40, 50, 60 boxes of, of comics. No, uh, I'm, I'm counting on, on the digital for when I eventually <clears throat> get put into a home. Yes, uh, you know, and I'm being conservative about the estimate of boxes I have, and that's after I purged a lot of books probably 20 years ago, but then 20 yeah. years uh, intervened, and I still I have more and more comics. But, uh, you know, so so that's an advantage, right? It was supposedly uh, of, of the digital, and, and by paying essentially $10 a month, between actually between the two, you know, I I do often read runs. There's somebody, you know, a, a listener Chris Buckley once uh, last year said, you know, you got to read Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, which is now going to be a key uh, book for the upcoming DC Chapter One Gods and Monsters for James Gunn uh, film. That you know, I was able to catch up, go back into the DC Infinite app and and read this run that I'd completely missed. And yes, he was right. And I believe, I believe as, as of today, officially the Hugo list came out, Hugo nominated nation's list. And I believe it's a nominated graphic novel. Uh, so it's one of the, one of the five, uh, unsurprisingly monstrous, uh, is nominated yet again. So it's, uh, yeah, I don't know how much is too much. A hundred dollars for 11 issues in hardcover. I don't care how slick the paper is. And I know also, though, the other thing that you have to take into account is, yes, paper has gone up, uh, and uh, there's just no guarantee of paper uh, paper quality. I've, I've certainly heard Eric Larson expound on this quite a bit, that, you know, cheap paper is as expensive as, as good paper these days. And when we had that paper shortage during the pandemic, uh, they couldn't guarantee what it was printed on. You got what was sourced at your printer. So a hundred bucks seems a lot. How much is too much for you on an individual issue? For me? Yeah. It entirely depends on my take on the issue. So for example, I know I paid seven or eight bucks for one of the comics I bought this week, but it was three times as big as the comics that I was buy- paying four dollars for. No, I would, and I I would accept that. I mean, like DC just released a, a revival of Brave and the Bold, although I think yeah, they're cheating. I think that was the one, right? But and it has three to four stories in it. A couple of them are shorter. Yeah, but there's a lead feature. It's almost like oh, you know, this past weekend at at Baycon, Chuck Surface and I just reminisced beautifully over Brussels sprouts and, and whatever <laughs> vegan thing he was eating about hundred page super spectaculars for 50 or 60 cents. Oh yeah. And how it was, it would be both like the exciting new feature and then a trip through the golden age. And you'd learn about Curated. all these characters you didn't know before. Newsboy and, Legion. Right, right. Yes. I think yeah. that's where I first, no, I think I first encountered them in Jimmy Olsen, of course, uh, because I had one of the random, uh, Jack Kirby fourth world. Well, that was, that Jimmy was the new, new, jo- that was, well, I realized the sons that, but of... I didn't know that at the time yeah. you know, when I only had the one issue that came from Seven Eleven that grandma bought me. So right. the, the difference with the brave and the bold now is that all the features are new. And I like that at least in the first issue, I, I haven't read the second issue yet. The, the first issue, a couple of them were just individual stories, 
which which I like that. There's not enough of that to me either the, these days of, of just like, oh, you get a nice insight into the character uh, and it's kind of cool without being like Superman, Red and Blue, that anthology book they did, you know, or um, I, I know they've done Wonder Woman too, Moon Knight, Black and White, you know, all those things. Quality stuff, but it's just, I, I just long for the days when a kid could pick up, a, of course, I don't know that a kid should be picking up Moon Knight either, but, you know, long for the days that you could pick up and and, and find a, an age-appropriate story to suddenly get it, get somebody hooked on, on these characters, when really the reality is now, hey, I, I think it's diminishing returns from readership. I think people are getting hooked through movies and TV, and they just want more movies and TV. Yeah. Although some are saying that about uh, Marvel shows on Disney Plus, not so much. But uh, th- th- there's too much there. And, and again, I say welcome to the wonderful world of actually being in the Marvel universe. There are a lot of titles you're not going to want to buy. There's a lot you're not going to want to watch, but somebody will. And they they throw them out there to see what sticks, and some of it sticks really well. So, uh, yeah. You said four bucks, three ninety nine. I think that's the so called average or the majority. Uh, yeah. Beware though, if you get a variant cover, they tack another buck on the variant cover. Not always. I've been very careful at looking at that, but yeah, no, not always. But you know, and that was another controversy from the retailer point of view that Marvel released a, a bunch of variant covers. They said at the same price, the same cover price as the others, but they took away the discount. For retailers. Oh, interesting. So basically for a retailer to make money on their variant cover, they, they still had to raise the in. price. Yeah. No, I I mean, Captain America issue 750 came out this week, and I swear there were 750 variant covers for it. It does feel like that. And not one of them had Mickey Mouse. No. So they already done the Mickey Mouse twice for Captain America on and the covers. They'll, and they'll do it again. Yeah. Uh, he's a good character for it. He can uh, do it all day. He could. Did your... Did, now, again, we're in July. Last weekend, your wife, Debbie, went to Disneyland and California Adventure. Did she get yes, to see she Rogers did. the Musical? She did confess to me that she went and saw it ahead of us seeing it together. Never. Because we were scheduled for a September trip mm-hmm. down to uh, Anaheim. And right now, they're saying they're going to close at the end of August. But she saw it, and she and, and how, how our much friend was the Linda, consultation with the divorce lawyer? <laughs> no, I, I I knew she was going to, so I didn't. That is she, love. She came. She came in kind of like I was. I had gone to YouTube just to see how many how many pirated or videotape. They, they don't care if you videotape in that in that theater. I mean, if they've, you've been able to videotape Aladdin and Lion King and sure. all the other ones that have been in there. Um, so there are a lot of full. Uh, full recordings of the Rogers, the the Broadway musical, um, out there on on YouTube. But she heard me starting to play it, and she came and she said, "Is it the whole thing?" And I said, "I think so." She goes, "I did go see it." <laughs> like, oh, I she didn't would. confess until the end. She did confess. She yeah. yeah, yeah, but I well, she could have gotten away with it uh, if not for you meddling YouTubers. But yeah, uh, yeah I'm not going to watch any video yet. Until I know for sure, I'm not gonna. Right. Get it. I was thinking. I was thinking about downloading it off YouTube without watching it, just in case Disney decides to purge YouTube of it when it when it closes, just because they seem to be bastards these days. But um, 
I did actually. Uh, and, and I do want to say for equal time, uh, all of the corporations are, you know, that's a, that's a different topic. And I, this and is I, true. And I want to wait true. and see, but I don't love so many of the corporations the way I love Disney. So. No, th- and that that's true too. And that's, uh, you know, that I would like to wait until the dust settles a little bit to see how it all shakes out Yeah. rather than, uh, than us, you know, opining, adding one more or two more whiny voices to it, to this choir of, content being taken away and disappearing forever. And I can't remember what popped in my head today earlier about like some TV movie or TV series I saw as a kid that I wish could still, you know, that I could, I could find easily and watch again. And I can't, you know, because that's where we can, you know, that's how we grew up. You missed it. Oh, well, too bad. We couldn't even dream of VHS cheap public domain VHSs. And, you know, so again, I get back to, you know, physical media people. Well, uh, I do have three more related items in that area. I fear this. Okay, go ahead. So, so first off, I don't know if you remember when they first started giving out uh, redemption coupons in DVDs uh, so that you could get a digital oh, right. version to say movies anywhere. Yeah, yeah. of the movies. And those were originally managed by the studios. So there was a Sony service. There was a Paramount service. There was a um, Disney had their own service for a while. And then the, those companies kind of fell out of love of running those services. And we ended up with uh, other services that, that were like, um, well, you had, you had uh, the big one is Movies Anywhere. But you also have Prime Video. Voodoo Fandango does does it too. Oh right, yeah. Google Play, Microsoft Movies and TV, and Xfinity. All of those all of those guys will are are managing libraries of your digitally recorded and your digitally available movies. Now, what's kind of what the promise of this is that if any one of those falls, like if Apple TV decides they're not going to do this anymore, you can cross connect them so that your libraries is shared between the different services, which is actually a cool thing that gives me a little more confidence in it. However, I found out today that the ones, when they're cross-connected like this, this, the, each of the services only has licenses for a certain number of studios. So I was going, I was, mm-hmm. Movies Anywhere had asked me to renew all the connections I had with the different services. I think I've got Apple TV, Prime, Vudu, and Xfinity. How I have digital media with them, and not, and movies anywhere, of course, because they're all connected. And if you go into any one of the lists, they look very similar. But I actually put them up side by side. I was going, wait a minute, there's about six movies missing from my movies anywhere, and I wrote wrote to them, and that's when they said, we don't actually have um, all the all the films that you have. We only have the ones that we licensed for. So, which kind of worries me a little bit because uh, any one of these uh, could have their the license that was originally, let's just say, Sony. Sony decides they mm-hmm. they want to take all the uh, all the all the digital rights away from these aggregate um, aggregate libraries, and they just disappear. And now, even though so, even though I got the code from Sony, and I used to be registered with the Sony service. Do I still have that movie available to me? I don't know, but it doesn't seem all that 
all that far-fetched that I might not. So um, if you have if you have your digital movies on, uh, the temptation is just to let them manage it. But I'm going to start writing down what movies I have and and uh, across all the services and. I, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm very I get, upset about that. I can say movies from I just, I just double checked. Uh, I still have my iTunes Clash of the Titans. It's the only thing yeah. I've I bought. That's digitally. now Apple TV service, right? But I but it is still linked here. But it does say at this time, uh, Paramount, Lionsgate, MGM, and other non-participating studios are not eligible. And, and, you know, yeah. and as you say, at this time, and that's frustrating because if they got into a new agreement. Would that would you get them back? I don't know. Yeah. Now again, um, I have never been a fan of buying like VUDU uh, or Walmart has a service too. Although I think maybe that is Voodoo. Um, that uh, I've never been a fan of buying those things digitally. I my, I've only my brother d- mocked me when he came over and he saw all the ridiculous stacks and stacks of, of DVDs right. and Blu-rays. But yet you know. Uh, it's again, maybe, maybe I won't watch them all, but it, it is, I'm also at this point and as, as a service you have done to me as well is when I say, you know, I'd really like to watch that, that such and such movie someday. And I can say, you know, you've said, Oh, I have that. And you loan me some things. I, and if somebody, you know, if I'm talking about a movie to somebody, I can either say, Hey, let's have a watch party, which I've done, had a couple of friends over and we've watched, uh, we, we have a a quarterly weird movie night, you know, that, because I own them, you know, I can't, I can guarantee I can find them and, and show them because they're on my shelf. And I, you know, I, I, I'd rather that. Well, we got we got uh, no, a notification today, announcement that Netflix is dropping a couple bunch, a couple more movies. So even you know mm-hmm. Netflix has kind of been the 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 strongman in this business in the business of streaming movies, mm-hmm. Be, mm-hmm. even before the streaming services and through the streaming through the time of the st- new streaming services. But we even if you you know that movie you love is on Netflix. It might not be. Well, because in, contracts in expire, they go yeah. around. I mean, it's like, it, right. it, it's it's why for a long time, you know, the Fox movies, once Disney bought Fox, they still had a contract to go to HBO Max first, to HBO first. Like, New Mutants showed up. Not, not that I'm saying you should track down New Mutants. It was not a terribly entertaining it okay. film. It, wasn't it was good. a mediocre. I, yeah. I, I, I really get upset when I watch a, a superhero movie that looks like it could have been made in the eighties. And it, that's what it felt like, but yeah. it went to HBO first before it went to Disney plus. I, and, and I never look actually, I got to say, because you know, I don't have, um, I mean, all the X-Men movies I want to watch. I own, you know, <laughs> so it's that it's that same thing. I don't yeah. go to Disney Plus for old movies. I go to Disney Plus for the the, the streaming shows they they offer. But I don't think Disney with their I, I'm not positive. So don't nobody quote me on this, but but certainly correct me on this. I, I, I don't know that you can get the Mandalorian on on Blu-ray. Maybe. Can you? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I mean. I would be surprised if you couldn't actually. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I just haven't. I just haven't seen, or I should say, 
Prime's doing a crappy job of recommending things to me because sometimes I can find things I that absolutely like it, you know, Strange New Worlds, you betcha. Do you want to buy the Steelbook of Strange New Worlds Season 1? Yes, I do. And uh, yes, I did. So, <laughs> you know, it's just because, again, in that case, it's also extras, and I'm, I adore that series. So, you know, the, the behind-the-scenes stuff, I'm going to watch. I'm going to I'm gonna get into. But, uh, you know, so we, we shall see. I, I, I do want to wrap this up. Uh, and whenever this drops, uh, know, again, that August is going to be a very quiet quiet month but do go to fanboy planet follow us on threadless threadless it's not threads uh hopefully it's not uh you know i I will have not unraveled by then that uh twitter you know try to keep you up to date with what's what's happening Uh, i will be going to comic con i will be moderating a panel and there will be news on fanboy planet about that i i'm i'm very excited about the panel that i'm moderating but as of this recording i can't say what it is because comic con has not uh, unveiled their schedule yet but very excited uh, for that and for the people involved in that for the news they have to, sh- to share and, and let, let me ask them questions about so anyway uh yeah that's it we've uh, anything we've talked about we do again ironically have uh we'll have amazon links you can order there through, through there we are an amazon affiliate but once again, knowing uh, as I've just taken road trips and listened to podcasts, there are so many out there. Thank you for choosing this one. And I'm Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use your powers for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.